coming up on Just Elders Podcast. And I, I gotta go public. Me and Keith kind of got it. I was mad as fuck at Keith. I'm gonna tell them you're black was a fucking threat. I'm gonna be real with y'all. I don't believe there are such things as good cops. And when you start living it, people get uncomfortable. We say every, at every rally, we say no justice, no peace. This is the definition of no justice, no peace. You know, if you see the police killing me, help me. Don't pull out your camera. Help me. But you know the reason why that's not going to happen, unfortunately? If I would have seen that shit at that moment, I would have beat the shit out that white boy. Gucci ain't did shit to y'all. Hey, look, I thought I thought she was talking about LaFleur. I, I thought she was talking about Guwap, bro. I'm like, bro, what did we do to Guwap, dog? Like, what happened? <laughs> and celebrities now, they start moments, not movements. I'm going to be real with y'all. The Killer Mike T.I. trick is old. To me, the Killer Mike and T.I. trip is like your little nephew. They be like, oh, look what I can do. <laughs> and you be like, well, yeah, but that good right there. The and, and then he do it five more times. Let's sit your ass down now, bro. Like, you need to go, you need with to that, go. With that same smile. <laughs> sit your ass down. Like, you need to go learn a new trick. And one, if you follow me on social media, you see I'm I'm going at Isaac Hayes' ass. Your boy Isaac Hayes said, I pull this one up. He uh let me read it. Isaac Hayes, he came out on his social media. He said When the village elders don't stand up or speak up, the village idiots will. Ready? Born ready. Right about now, NWA quarters in full effect. Judge Clay. Y'all go get your mama, your cousin, your brother. We got an episode for you. We're going in today. Let's get it. Ice Cube, take the motherfucking stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help your black ass, you goddamn right. Won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it back because I'm brown. Shout out to Kahari, I'm rocking my F the system. Authority to kill a minority. Fuck with a badge and a gun to be beaten on. It's on in jail, we can go in the middle of a cell, fucking with me cause I'm a teenager, with a little bit of gold and a pager, searching my car, looking for the product, thinking every nigga is selling narcotics, you rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo, be the police out of shape, and when I finish, bring the yellow tape, take off the scene of the slaughter, still getting swole of bread and water, I don't know if they facts or what, such a nigga Grabbing his nuts and on the other hand, without a gun, it can't get none. But don't let it be a black and a white one. Cause they'll slam you down to the street top. Black police showing out for the white cop. Ice 
What's up, family? It's your boy Elders, and you are tuning into the Just Elders podcast, the greatest podcast to ever hit the airways. I'm super excited because we're about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. I say that every single time, and I mean it every single time. Y'all, we got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to uh, my boy Keith. He is always holding it down on the ones and twos. Um, but today I got my boy Mark in the building, man, and we are going to film this episode. You know what? Because we said we got so much to say. I want y'all to see me and feel me. I want you to hear me, see me and feel me. Those are three things that I want to happen on this episode because a lot is going on in the world. And, um, I will be honest. This episode is inspired by. A lot of my friends, uh, specifically, I want to shout out to Javon. Javon hit me up and this is a brother I used to uh, rock with back in the day during my maid days. And he was like, yo, um, I'm ready to get on the front line. I've been gone. I needed that time, but I'm ready to get back to work. And what do I got to do? How do I get involved? I don't even know where to start. And this episode was literally inspired by that. Not only him, I got a, several texts, several um, people calling me just saying, how can they get involved involved during these times? So I'm super excited about this episode. We're going to try to get a lot off. Um, it might run a little bit long, but you know what I say? When they're long, they are necessary. So enjoy. Um, before we jump into the conversation, let me holler at my boy Keith, man. How you feeling, dog? Yeah, man, I'm feeling like... <laughs> I'm feeling like, damn, bro, I could have got some Gucci belts. But <laughs> hey, look, that boy, hey, look, look, we live right on the street. And I had a couple people hit me up. They were like, I'm so glad you had your daughter this weekend because I know you would have been out there rowdy and shit. Hey, look, you know, I got at least, I've got texts and calls from so many people like, I know you out there, Elch. I know you out there. Be safe. Go home. Like, I, I mean, I got calls, Ted. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm gonna be real with y'all. I was at home. Yeah. Not but for the nighttime part. Like, yeah. Cause we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Right. Um, so there's a lot of people that's going to be tuning in. that have never tuned in before. I do predict this is going to be one of our most listened to episodes. I will argue for the year. Um, uh, so welcome. Um, welcome to the Just Elders Podcast. Uh, we say we are a combination, uh, gumbo of realness, you know what I'm saying? Funniness, uh, ratchetness. <laughs> we talk about it all. Education. On this, yeah, on this podcast, we cover everything from business, community, God, and porn. Uh, so there is no limits. Do us a favor. We call them the JEP crates. Go back to the JEP crates. Listen to our past episodes. I promise you, you'll find something that's for you, something you like. Um, but one thing that we do, because we say this is the greatest podcast to ever hit the airwaves, but we give the fans the opportunity to say why it's the greatest. So with that being said, let's go over our reviews. Thank you to everybody that has reviewed this week. It looked like we got a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, shot me. <laughs> <laughs> Reviews, people's turn to men. Um, speaking of JEP crates, first review from uh, Brian Andrews Jr. Shout out. He says, I'm mad. I'm just now checking this podcast out. I gotta go back and check the other so other episodes out. The few I heard so far were amazing. 
So, to Hilda's point, the JEP crates. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Fre- appreciate it, my boy. That's my boy, Brian, man. It's actually a shame that he's just not listening because that's actually a friend for him. But it's okay. <laughs> you being told him. Uh, yeah, we have another uh, review from my boy Reggio, Reggie, Reggio Macco. Reggio Macco. Reggio Macco stepped on some toes, he said. Gentlemen, great episode with Senator Fort and the other gentleman, which I can't remember his name. Keep it up. Continue to speak truth and accountability into the community as is something that's needed for all of us. Thank you. Reggie from the Club BBC, Not What You Think podcast <laughs> hey that's my boy hey yeah. and you know what i was actually on his podcast yesterday oh word yeah so he brought me on there so um whenever he uh posted i'm gonna post it um we were talking a little bit about um what we're gonna be talking about this week um just everything that's happening in the world right now so it was a it's gonna be a pretty good episode okay, that's what's up that's what's up uh we got another new review from um what's the, who's this angela Anderson. Good afternoon, Eldridge and Keith. I'm still getting caught up on the last couple of episodes. The quarantine threw me off. Yes, I love the podcast. Yeah, shout out, because I know the quarantine kind of threw people out of their flows, but you know, we back out there. The now. Po- podcasts are typically associated with habits. Yeah. So if I'm driving home from, if I got like an hour drive to work, I'm a podcast. Oh, yeah, if I'm working out, I'm a podcast. I'm sitting at the office for eight hours. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a podcast. If I'm working from home. I'm chilling. I'm, I'm eating. I'm watching TV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, doing do. I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm binging. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I love the podcast. I was a little shocked to hear the voice of one of my good friends bringing the wisdom from the fedora. <laughs> <laughs> you can wet the dog, but you ain't got to wash it. <laughs> Boy, you can touch that dog, but you ain't got to take him home. Uh, hey, y'all, that was a uh, sister's got something to say. I would want to argue volume one. I think that was volume one. Yeah, that was the first, cause you know what? It was such a diversion ages. Yes. And cause we said we we're going to start bringing it together. So yeah. That was uh, a great episode. Look up. Sisters got something to say. Volume <laughs> one. Um, that's a dope episode. Man, that was a good episode. Shout out to my girl D. This podcast covers a little bit of everything. Politics, social activism, the entrepreneurial spirit, relationship therapy, Along with a little touch of ratchet from time to time. Can't wait to see your number soar. Hey, appreciate that. Appreciate that, Angela. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. A new reviewer. New, new reviewer. Review. So shout out to those, uh, those, uh, those, uh, three reviews, three reviews we have from before. So, well, we, what, one thing we do want to say on this podcast, because you can review as many times as you want to review. Um, but the more you review, the more we show love. And this is, Honestly, I'm going to give y'all, this is an opportunity to do a shameless plug. Like, if you want to say, yo, this is uh, John John, owner of XYZ Clothing Line, and I just want to say the Just Elder Podcast is dope, but and you can find out how dope it is at www.com. <laughs> I'm going to read it. Yeah, we're going to, hey, because I shout out to Reggie. Right. He said a review, and it's from the Club BBC, Not What You Think Podcast. So, you find out, go look, uh, look him up. Elder's going to be on the episode, so... We out there, but this interview, uh, this uh, review uh, for my boy. Okay, let me check. Let me cue it up, ladies and gentlemen. A live regular listener, regular uh, reviewer. I want y'all to give it up, show some love to the classic man, my brother, Jonathan Estes. My name, calling all night. 
I miss uh, Jadenia. He said he has had some good music. Yeah, what happened to him? Uh, but Jonathan Bambi X's, got his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Bambi had his sprung. Uh, great episode, fellas. Uh, bro- uh, brothers, Senator Fort was dropping some dope gems. Big ups to Horace Williams for making a dope application. I can remember when he launched it at the TGS a few years back. Much respect to you guys as well. Both of you stay safe and keep up the great work. Yeah, we appreciate that. We appreciate that for sure. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And look, folk listening. Listen, one thing I will say, I feel like some of this, some of this spurring of the reviews, you know, you know who it comes from. It's true. So with that being said, Y'all give it up to our favorite reviewer on the Just Elders podcast. Reviews are exciting. Adjectives are impeccable. The energy is always good. The vibes are always amazing. Y'all give it up to a good friend of the Just Elders podcast, our friend Foxy P from D.C. Yeah, let this shit end though. Hey man, that song, bro, you can never cut it off oh. without the clip, man. Yeah, you, you can't never cut it off without that uh, drop. So, for the people that are listening, why do these people get theme songs? It's because they review and they show love every week. So, if you want to get love, keep reviewing. <laughs> Look, I got you. I got I got a song for everybody. <laughs> it says, "Say it loud, Coretta." Fanon, Ahmad, and Run Farther. Moving episodes, fellas. Really moving. As a woman who has attended a number of rallies and demonstrations against racial and social injustice over the years, I was encouraged to hear how motivated all of you were following the Ahmad Aubrey protests in Brunswick. Big props to, to the Atlanta caravan and to Eldridge for taking younger men along for such a transformative experience. That's the only way to plant seeds to keep the movement from dying on the vine as they often do long after our black boys and black men suffer modern-day lynchings in broad daylight. It's refreshing to see so many people fired up, willing, and able to use their time, talents, and skills for benefiting all of Amaz and Village. Hopefully, we'll run farther this time. Side note, Keith's T.I. slash Jay-Z bring him out style setup of my reviews literally makes me flash a Kool-Aid smile every single time. Like Alicia, this podcast is on fire, and it's a pleasure to roll with Mr. Estes as a lawyer review writing fan. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Let's Foxy get it. P from D.C. So give a round of applause. Again, thank you for everybody that uh, is just supporting this podcast. It's super exciting. We are getting closer and closer to our one-year anniversary. Uh, July 26th, we have done this for one year, not missing one episode and we would like to call ourselves the podcast for the people, man, because we're talking about what the people want to hear and what the people needs to hear. And that's really why this episode is what it is today. Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't even know really where to start um, on this. You know what I mean? Because it's it's so much. 
And I, I gotta go public. Me and Keith kind of got. It. I was mad as fuck at Keith. I know. I, I know. I, I, I got. I got. I gotta go. I gotta go public with them. You start there. Let's let's start there. That's a good place to start. So, um, um, we had just had the episode last week. If you don't listen to this episode, if you don't listen to this podcast, you're not black. Black. And we were talking about the comment Joe Biden made, and you know how nobody want to hold Joe Biden accountable for anything. If you say anything about Joe, you automatically for Trump. That was the premise of last week's episode. Yeah. Um, and if you, anybody that listens to this podcast, you know where I stand. I believe all politics are local. I'm talking about the Joe Biden thing, but I really care about what's on the ground. So what had happened was in Atlanta, we have these young hustlers, street entrepreneurs that sell water on the corners of the street. And um Water Boys. The Water Boys, aka Bottle, <laughs> bottle Boys. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so everybody see these cats. You know what I'm saying? If you got money, some people give, some people don't give, but we see they just trying to hustle. They're trying to hustle. I love it. So recently a new trend, these cats start getting arrested. Mm. Arrested, detained, put in handcuffs to give them a lecture. However mm. you want to say it. Yeah. That shit went cool. So instantly, I'm going in. Y'all know I go in. And this this is like on a Sunday. This is a Sunday when I start seeing this news. Mm-hmm. And I call Keith. I'm like. No, it was Monday. It was, yeah, it was Sunday night yeah, when the news happened. But you call me Monday. Yeah, I call Keith on Monday because we record on Sundays, which today then we release on Tuesdays. Yeah. So I call Keith on a Monday. I'm like, bro, where you at? I need to get on the fucking mic. I got to add this shit to the fucking conversation. Like, I'm pissed. Like. And that nigga Keith told me no. Listen, so what happened was he, like, hit, he hit me up and he was trying to record. And I'm like, well, in my mind, the the way he set it up, let me tell y'all this. I've been saying Elgin needed a podcast ever since I heard him talk, right? Because he's like eloquent in getting the message out. And when he told me what was going on, I was like, well, let's just at least do another episode. And I didn't want to add it on to that episode because... Basically, it would if you would added on to that episode, we kind of would have repeated what we're going to be talking about today, in a sense. Yeah, but Keith didn't know that. I, no, I did not know that. I did not. I did not know that. It, it played in his favor. It, it did. It did. But I did not know that. But I did know I was down to doing extra. But I didn't want to add it to that episode because one thing I do pride myself in is y'all don't understand like. <laughs> When y'all get the episode, it's a lot of editing. Going. It's, it's it's some edits. I mean, it be shifting the back that added to the front and the shit move. But because of the way Elders talk, it moves so seamless. So I'm like doing that. Nah, that didn't. I couldn't even hear where that would go. So, in the mix. so I'm like, nah. I was I was mad because and, and at first it wasn't it wasn't presented like we'll do an extra episode. It was just presented like no, we'll do it for next week. And I was I, like, I, I, I did say that. That's the first I did say. I did say we'll do it for next week. So I was like, in my head, I was like, man, fuck this nigga Keith, bro. You know what? I was like, man, fuck this nigga. I'm about to start Googling how to record my own shit. Like, man, fuck this motherfucker. I got shit to say. The people being oppressed. This motherfucker don't want to put it on it. Like, I ain't got to lie. I was going in. Keith don't even know this. This is just me. Nah, I, I, I know because I know you. So I, I, I knew. I thought it was on the next day I had to text you something. You ain't reply yeah, to my text. Right. Oh, that's funny, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this petty ass nigga ain't gonna reply. I was like, man, fuck that. I'm in the movement right now. <laughs> so, 
uh, right after we found out that news, man, uh, my big brother, Derek Bozeman, he called for brothers to come together and, uh, sell on the street, sell water on the street. So we, w- we went out on the street, the same corner where they arrested my boy Joshua. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out there, brought water, selling. And this is when me and Keith came friends again. He showed up. <laughs> I had to show up. Well, you also too, though, you gotta remember, like, the, 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 the Floyd thing. Yeah. Kind of had just yeah, happened yeah. too. And it's like, I felt bad for not letting you speak Sunday when that happened. Cause then I'm like, well, damn, like, like that's when I was like, okay, you know what? Like one thing about it, it's like that. Yeah. You want to have that creator and have that seamless thing, but then it's like, sometimes the people going to need it. So that's why I was like, okay, we, we definitely do a bonus. bonus. So, or I'm like, now I'm always in favor of a bonus. So we'll give y'all so more details on stuff like that coming soon, but I'm always in favor of the bonus. Because, so I, I because, come out. Cause we feel like stuff and I was on break. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just feel like stuff need to be talked about, man. Like in, in a way, only way we know how to do it. So, um, it worked out. It worked out because it, it, so much stuff has happened and I think we're going to have time to really address it yeah, today. Sure. And the overall arching part of this conversation is, the movement. How do we get involved with this movement? Because there's so much stuff that is happening. If you go back to the episode, I gave y'all a theory. I said, I feel like white people, because they hear the same news we hear about how COVID-19, which we haven't even been talking about, but COVID-19 has killing black people at faster rates. I felt like, man, they not wearing masks on purpose because they trying to kill us. I said that, right? And then... What happened, that white girl in the park, she proved to me that white people, under they hear stuff and they try to use it against us as a weapon. Like when she told the black man, she said, I'm going to call you and say, I'm going to call them and say an African-American man is threatening, is threatening me. me. Mm-hmm. Like, that mean, white people know that our blackness is a weapon or is a threat. To the system, they know that. Well, we saw that when that whole alliteration uh, campaign went on last year. Barbecue Becky, Wendy, right? Uh, Window Wendy, and it's tell but, them Tom, like all that shit. Like, but it's like, like it's like it's not a threat. It's not like I'm gonna tell, like you know, when you younger and your siblings get into it. I'm gonna tell mama you hitting me. Like I'm gonna tell them you're black was a fucking threat. Like. That shit right there, that, that started my week of, y'all already know how I feel. Yeah. Y'all already know how I feel. And then I can even go on record and say, I haven't watched the George Floyd video. I actually haven't watched it. And I'm typically. Well, you know why I jumped to it? Cause I didn't see where it was at. I just saw Floyd. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Uh, and yeah. so immediately I went to my, we have a group on Facebook called the Floyd, the Floyd Network. So I immediately asked, I'm like, yo, is Floyd our family? They say he is because they say he's originally from Texas mm-hmm. and we got Floyds in Texas. Mm-hmm. So somehow along the way, this my cousin. Yeah. Floyd's a big, it's, we, we a big clan. Yeah. So like I seen the Floyd situation and then that's why I got so fucking mad at Keisha. Cause Keith, one thing y'all, I did do a long ass post. That's because of Keith. Cause Keith was like, yeah, we're just right about it. <laughs> well, yeah, I did, yeah, I did tell you that too, cause I was like, for that to be that dynamic too, you should put it on social media too. So, so I had, I had wrote this long 
letter, and I was just saying those boys that were selling water was one call away with the wrong cop before it became another George Floyd. Oh, they kill they kill people. APD kill people too. All the fucking time. If we want to have a real conversation about it, so there's this there's this week. Let me just get into the conference. Let's go to the press conference. I want to address some of this stuff. So what happened was y'all already know the protest broke out. It was a peaceful protest and then it became, it began to get real violent. So the reason I knew Atlanta was going to turn up. Well, let me just say this. The reason why I wasn't out there, let me say that um, Atlanta is a very small organizing community. If you're organizing, doing real work in the community, you are connected to a couple of people or a couple of organizations. And I typically get personal invites of what they need my involvement to be on every type of organizing situation. Yeah. When I didn't get that, I didn't go out because I'm like, I don't know who it is. I also, I already, I'm the type of person I'm a, I can go on record and say, I don't like to organize with white people. I feel like white people have their place in organizing. I feel that their place is better served behind the scenes. Um, we just went out and did brothers showed up at target yesterday. Mm. Brothers showed up because we were just trying to make sure the young people, we weren't policing the building. We weren't helping the police. We were just trying to make sure the young people don't get in trouble. Mm. We out there. If it is some shit going on, like if we would have been out there when that young girl was getting pulled out that car, it would have looked completely different. That's why we organized the brothers. And it was a white boy that showed up. Mm. So instantly when I got out, I see Rev pulling up. And I already know how Rev is. Red so, that's so, that's, so, that's, that's the type of Rev you so, need. So Rev, Rev giving him the third degree. And then Derek get up to speak. And Derek be like, I ain't going to be shy like everybody else. Who is this white boy? Like, because... And who gonna vouch for him? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Mowley vouched for him because he was a defense attorney. He was okay. there to kind of help build. But at the end of the day, bruh, y'all, we have so much data that y'all fuck shit up. You have to goddamn respect the protocol. And for me, if you can't, if you ain't, if ain't nobody willing to vouch for this white boy, he don't need to be out here. Period. Because we have these white agent provocateurs coming from out of town, starting shit cowardly. The one thing I hate about protesting during COVID-19 is everybody's trying to wear masks to protect each other. But before COVID-19, we didn't allow masks. You didn't wear masks If we If we said, you got a mask on, you take that shit off of you leave. Right. I remember uh what protest we was at that time. Y'all were like taking masks off of people who had yeah, masks. Yeah, because like yeah. on that coward shit. We ain't with that. Like even there's videos of like fireworks being threw at the police. But if you watch the video, it's coming from behind the crowd. It's these white boys on this cowardly shit. So I'm not with it. So when I seen this rally and and typically if I don't know about a rally, it means one or two things. Somebody that ain't legit throwing it or it's some uh, young passionate students throwing it. And we will support those. But again, I had just, I was chilling. I'm going to be real. I was like, I know we about to be doing something. I have no shortage of community service hours, so I'm like, damn. I just thought about it. Y'all go back to the JEP crates. Remember, I asked you when you coming back outside, and you was like, I ain't coming back out until it's time for some movement work. 
In this damn time. And I said that, that shit. shit crazy. And I, t- and I, but, and I told you, I said, I feel like we about to be super busy. You I told you shit. that shit. And bro, we've been busy as fuck, dog. It's a meme that come, came out that said COVID-19 stopped everything except racism. Like. They never lie. So when I seen Atlanta, let me, let me, let me speak to the legitimacy of the, uh, protests in Atlanta. Well, Atlanta, it started out as a peaceful protest. Thousands of people came out and uh, something that Derek would say, Mickey Mouse could have called a rally in this climate. You know what I'm saying? Because people are so frustrated. People want to get involved. People are not natural organizers. So they just think, okay, well, let me just come out here and show up. You have these provocateurs, these agents come in and they fuck shit up. They start burning shit because the rally was shut down. They shut the rally down and then these provocateurs begin to spread their own agenda. One thing that you always see them do, they'll start burning the flag. That's that. It's like that's the signal. That's the start of it. They'll they'll burn the flag and then from there, throwing stuff from the crowds, you know what I'm saying, provoking the police. So we were just on Chief Shields' ass about these water boys. So they were on PR control yesterday. Day before yesterday. Yeah. Saturday, they on PR control. They being super nice. They ain't like nobody yeah, up. She in the middle talking to everybody. You start seeing real APD last night. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sunday night. They whipping ass. They whipping ass. Which you see, you see where the two Morehouse and the Spellman girl, the, the one that they going, the story that's going on now. Mm-hmm. That's the APD I know. <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah. There you go, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> I see your there you, ass. There you go. There go your ass. You know what I'm saying? So, so the reason why agents. So you got to realize these agents. They are. They just provoke. But you cannot provoke someone and make them mad if there's no reason to be mad. That's the main thing. And this is the thing. There's a. There's so many people in Atlanta. Um. And one, if you follow me on social media, you see I'm. I'm going at Isaac Hayes' ass. Like, and this is the thing. I know Isaac Hayes. I know him. We don't have several conversations together. I love his, everything his father has ever done, whether it's from music, this city. I know the cat. But y'all also know I'm a guy of balance. When you, when I'm with you, I'm with you. When you wrong, you wrong. Like somebody told me the other day, oh, you were just uh, praising Keisha for the rent. I'm like, cause she did some good shit. This one, yeah. Gotcha. But I'm, but I'm a balance. You can tell niggas you're not gonna evict them, but if you locking motherfuckers for goddamn selling water, trying to pay the light bill of the apartment, you're not evicting them out of. <laughs> like get the fuck out of here. Like damn. So Isaac has, is going on this campaign where he is trying to paint Atlanta as this amazing place where nothing goes wrong. Like there's no white supremacy here. There's no issues here. This is a beautiful place. Now fuck that. So like here's the thing. This is the difference between Minneapolis and Atlanta. In Minneapolis, I when I seen them fires burning, man, I love that shit. I ain't gonna lie. That energy I sent Keith a picture uh of a building on fire. I was like, bro, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This shit is that energy I was talking about. That's that that's that we say stuff at rallies all the time, but we don't know what we're saying. And when you start living it, people get uncomfortable. We say every at every rally we say no justice. No peace. This is the definition of no justice, no peace. So the reason why Minneapolis 
people with it because they can connect it clearly to an issue. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis police officer killed George Floyd. That's the issue. That's how we connect it. Atlanta people are mad because I'm black and I see George Floyd and I connect with that. But what they try to say is, oh, well, that ain't got nothing to do with Atlanta. Atlanta police didn't do that. Atlanta mayor didn't do that. But then all you got to do is go go through our record. Hell, we can burn Atlanta down for Anthony Hill. A naked yeah, I veteran. Said naked, but naked, man. I remember having, that. Having a mental illness breakdown. And he runs up on the officer butt naked. Instead of pulling out a taser, you shoot the man. There is reason to be angry in Atlanta. Let me be very clear. So there's, we have the biggest, uh, equality gap, wealth equality gap. Like, I think we're like t- number three in the whole, bruh, s- whole United States. Like, bro, equal, in, in, what they call it, income immobility. Uh, up mobility, whatever they want to call it. This is pretty much if you're born poor in Atlanta, you stay poor in Atlanta because it's hard. So Atlanta is not this beautiful place. If you live what I what I said on Instagram today to uh your boy, I, I said you he I lives in an affluent bubble. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And everybody in that bubble was doing good, so you can say Atlanta is good. And when you say Atlanta's not good, you threaten that bubble. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, that means we not, we not doing as good. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. so, you know, I want to, I want to give my takes on the press conference. There was a press conference that was done, um, on the 29th. Keisha called in, uh, she called in some people and I want to be very clear who she called in. Number one, she called in, um, um, Beasley, um, civil rights activist. You got to respect whenever Beasley come in, he just had done work. Mm-hmm. Um, two, she brought in uh, Bernice King. Uh, in Atlanta, Dr. King's home. Out of the children, she's the one sim- that's the closest. Symbolically, it makes sense, but I'll talk to you about my issue with that. Uh, number three, Killer Mike. Number four, T.I. And those have been like the two rappers that I appreciate their leveraging their platform on a political stance, but I have critique on that. And then lastly, you know, Derek Bozeman. And this is one thing I love about Derek. And this is why I hate when people shy away from speaking truth to power. Mm-hmm. Derek go in Keisha ass more than me. Like, oh, Derek, sure. you gotta listen to the show. Hell, I can be real. <laughs> I take hot takes from Derek and I regurgitate the motherfuckers because he be going so hard. Not just Keisha. He goes hard against the system that oppresses black people. That's, that's his thing. That's what he does. So when, uh, you go so hard on somebody, you gotta be speaking truth. They wouldn't call you. Why the fuck would she call him in for her press conference? Unless he's speaking truth. So, what it gonna say? It's it means it's not fucking personal. Yeah. But when you fuck up, we gotta call that fuck up out because we're here as eight change agents for the people. So anybody that goes against that, whether you white or black, green, yellow, or red, we gotta call that shit out. I mean, I think Derek comes from that age of you have to speak truth to power because that's the only way that politics change. Right. Like, that's one thing about it. Like 
the mayor might want to sign a law that says you can do X, Y, and Z, but she can't just sign it because she want to. You got to pressure her. And well, I disagree. I think you're going to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And if you scared of the consequences, if the consequences of you losing your position is more important than the value of freeing black people, that's when you act like you're scared okay. to do it. There you go. I say you can do it. If you want to fucking do it, do it. You the man. Yeah, you Use your power. One thing you said about Trump, that motherfucker came in and said, I'm going to pardon this motherfucker. I'm going to assign this motherfucker. I'm going to do this. That nigga, we'll get, we'll get on him after we get on this Atlanta shit, but that nigga do what he wanted. Bro, like, the worst fucking president in history. This dude said, when they start looting, y'all start shooting. This nigga got bars. Like, come on, man. So, that right there, when I heard that shit, I caught, and then I seen the shooting happen in Tennessee. Yeah, I'm seven years. I like, boy, if you black now and you have the ability to get a gun, and you ain't got it, you are a naive as fuck yeah, to what's yeah. happening. Because you might not be a killer right now, but that's called training. You didn't know how to ride a bike until you got on that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And you ain't gonna know how to shoot that gun until you start practicing it. Better be caught with it than to be caught without it. Right. So when you got the leader, the most powerful position in the world, we will argue, telling the police, shoot folk that's looting, Come on, man. Let's go to this press conference. I'm going to be interjecting on, on all this shit. All right. So, um, so everyone's coming in, of course. And I'm Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Joining me are members of our senior team. And also we have um, Reverend Joseph Beasley. We have um, coming in soon, um T.I. and Killer Mike, as well as Shaka Zulu. Um, and they, there may be some others joining us. Um, let me just speak to what's happening here today. Um, above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother to four black children in America, one of whom is 18 years old. And when I let me stop right there. So this is what made me mad at Keisha. When she says stuff like, I'm a mother. I'm a mother of an 18-year-old. The 18-year-old that was getting thrown away, around out there selling water, Joshua was 18. Mm. Black boy that's 18. So when you say stuff like, I'm a mother, and you like, I need that to reflect in how you move and address everything. Like, the reason why that statement just made me mad, because if you look at her response to how Chief Shields and Atlanta Police Department was handling them boys, she didn't look, say it like a mother whose son just got through around outside. That's all I'm going to say. Solved the murder of George Floyd. I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday when I heard... There were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta. I did what a mother would do. I called my son and I said, where are you? I said, I cannot protect you and black boys shouldn't be out today. So you're not going to out concern me and out care about where we are in America. 
I wear this each and every day. And I pray over my children each and every day. No, somebody trying to say I'm So what I see happening on the streets That's of exactly Atlanta. Like, like I've, I've heard that tone in, in Mr. Shorty's voices before. <laughs> you, you're not going to out-concern me. <laughs> like, it's not Atlanta. Okay. You mean to tell me? This is not You a, love me more than I love you? Protest. This is not in the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. This is chaos. Okay, hold on. A protest has purpose. When Dr. King was assassinated, we didn't do this to our city. So if you love this city, this city that has had a legacy of black mayors and black police chiefs, and people who care about this city, where more than 50% of the business owners in Metro Atlanta are minority business owners. If you care about this city, then go home. So that's when I start kind of getting like annoyed. Like, bruh, could you name all these black facts? Like, like we really operate like that. You know what I mean? Like, so. I'm gonna skip a little farther. I'm gonna go got a first. No, you, you got to address when she when she brought up the Martin Luther King thing, uh, statement, though. Well, I mean, her legacy doesn't reflect King, in my opinion. Like her 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 administration as a mayor doesn't reflect King. Like um, it's it's so much we could dive into what King thoughts were uh, on economics on the poor people campaign, and it does not reflect. Who she is, how she runs this city. So, you know, King is that prop that we throw up whenever we want to sound good and we want to look good. We throw King up. Well, you know, I, um, <clears throat> I said somebody on Facebook like a year before he died, King specifically told you why folks was rioting. Not that the uh, voice of the uh, unheard. unheard. Yeah. Nah, he was saying these are proper tools. Like the this is what you do. When you loot, like when the fact that black people are looting, the act of looting is just the act of receiving consumer goods that the white man can just get by opening up his pocketbook. Right. And it's just the act of taking that's cathartic because you're taking lives. We're taking products, you so, know? So it's like if Martin Luther King can understand that. Then how, you know, like if you're, yeah, so you're like, going to say his name, then I'm going to be real. I, I, I can go on record and say, I don't give a damn about no business. That have burned, got damaged, because we can replace it. If you a real black owned business right now, I want, I want y'all. If y'all anybody that's listening, you know a black owned business that was affected during this in any rally in any city. Give me their business. Show me that they were really for the community that they were in, and I will personally fundraise to make sure that everything get fixed. Because that's the other part about it too. Everybody that black ain't black, so just because you know, like you got to keep it real on because that. Because I'm, I'm gonna be real. Just coming from a background where cats used to run indoors, running houses. It's some houses, some cars, some people you didn't fuck with because they fucked with us. Period. So. If we going to be real, show me the business. I ain't saying it's right or wrong. All I'm saying is you got insurance, you can get that shit replaced. Floyd ain't never coming back. Period. He gone for it ain't no level of insurance that you can policy to bring his life back. So, it, again, if you a black business and you really in the community 
and one of these white agent provocateurs fuck your shit up, let me know. And we'll get that shit straight. So let me go to uh, our good brother, T.I. I've already said what I had to say. Atlanta is the place where people like me, Killer Mike, other artists, creatives, uh, other people who come from our culture and other people who rise up out of the wreckage of the struggle. Let me just start off saying, T.I. look horrible, bro. <laughs> hey, you can tell this nigga can't roll out the bed or something. Cause T.I., he looking, he looking rough, bro. Nigga sleepy. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, bro. We all experience just by being born a certain color in this country. Uh, but Atlanta is a place, uh, where we can set an example. Of prosperity, and we've done that for generations. People like Doc, Dr. King, uh, uh, Maynard Jackson, Ambassador Young have paved the way for us. Um, and it, when everything else goes away, when you don't get treated right in New York, when you don't get treated right in LA, when you can't get treated right in Detroit, when you don't get treated right in St. Louis, when you don't get treated right in, in Alabama, Atlanta has been here for us. This city don't deserve it. I- Come on, bro. Like that's that. Atlanta that, has been here for that's, us. That's that's that that's that <clears throat> that's that Isaac Hayes affluent bubble. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I will say for those people, yes, Atlanta has been there yeah, for you. You, you ain't never lie. You can come here and you can win. Like, but in, in Atlanta, if you if you black and if you poor, God forbid you poor, Atlanta just as bad. It's just, it's just not good. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck what you say. I don't care that the mayor's black. I don't care that the chief police have been black. I don't care about none of that shit. That shit bad. However, I understand that a lot of others do, but we can't do this here. This is Wakanda. It's sacred. Must be protected. Okay. So I've been wanting to make this point. I've been wanting to make this point for a minute. Hey, you do that shit like when you know a motherfucker about to fuck up. Like go ahead and say he said it. All right. Look, look I've been wanting to address this on your ass. because ever since, first of all, when the Black Panther came out, I was just so happy that you know black people wanted to wear dashikis. <laughs> like, like I, I was happy at that. I mean, I've gone on record. I I I love the movie, but it wasn't the best Marvel movie. It, no, it was, definitely was, it, but it was it was a great. Yeah, it was uh, great. It was show. beautiful imagery, like you know, all them black people. I've I've even um, compared my first visit to Africa to like watching um, Black Panther. Mm. And when I would say that, when I was in Senegal, I remember going to Senegal and being there for like fifteen days and only seeing three white people. Mm. So to watch a movie for two hours and only really see like three, three white, white people, people <laughs> three talking roles, the woman in the museum, the bad guy that was with him, the bad guy that was with Killmonger and uh the white agent. Yeah. That was like the three talking roles of white people. So it was like beautiful, right? But when everybody say Atlanta is Wakanda, Wakanda had issues. If you watch the movie, if you watch the movie, Wakanda was some technologically advanced. They were advanced. They had advanced technology. They were very affluent. They were royalty. They had money, but they were not fucking with the killmongers of the world. 
So again, Atlanta is Wakanda. Because if you are a celebrity, if you are a rapper, if you are a person of influence, a person of money, you good. You in this club. <laughs> you got no you got no barcode. <laughs> you can get in everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like folk fucking with you. But guess what? If you in the like and look, and just like Kilmar going, one of them broke niggas show up to an event. Hold on, nigga, how you get here? Nigga, I live here. I live here. <laughs> look, that, look, that Killmonger came with the goddamn fate chain. <laughs> like, look, that's the, that's the example of Atlanta. So, like, when people say Atlanta's Wakanda, I never disagree, but I didn't agree with them in the, in the way they think they said it. Like, I agree that Atlanta was Wakanda, and Wakanda didn't become good until... At the end, when my man uh start buying up all of Auburn Avenue on the on the movie, <laughs> on the movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, but in real life, but it took for him to come out of that, come to the people, and say, connect hey, with the people. We have these resources. We are going to help. And look, you. got his ass kicked <laughs> by the people. Kill monkey kicked his ass. Yeah. So like, like for when real. niggas when niggas be like this, oh, this is sacred. Like we gotta stop and, doing that shit because and, here's the thing. If you say Atlanta is sacred and this, this is the best place to be. If I'm a poor black person, I don't want to be here in this country at all. That means there's nowhere in this country that's good for well, me. If I'm a poor black person, to your point, if I'm Killmonger, I'm burning this shit down. Once I do get in, once I do have an opportunity, I'm burning, like, I'm burning all I'm of burning it down. Shit down. And that's what's happening. These folk don't feel like they be like, oh, Atlanta been good, Allah. I don't feel that way. I really feel like this is that um that 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 African proverb when they say, you know, the child don't feel warmth from the village. He'll burn, burn it down. down to feel that warmth. Right. That's what I, I I definitely feel that because like, bro, you can't tell me I'm broke in Atlanta and you telling me this is a black mecca and I should be able to have all these opportunities, but I can't fucking come up. But when I see who's getting the opportunities, it's like, well, damn, what, what's that? What's that divide? How how are you, how do you feel like you're in this class and I'm in that class? And and that's ultimately what it is. It's, it's classism. You know what I'm saying? Is people think they come from a different level. They don't have to associate with the other side. And then anybody else that defies what this class saying is whining or wrong. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're whining. So pull up your bootstraps. Let's see. Who else we want to address in this shit? Oh, uh, you said to. Uh we're gonna kill, kill, kill your master. Yeah, we're gonna kill a mic. Um, I didn't want to come, and I don't want to be here. I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. <clears throat> my cousin is an Atlanta City police officer, and my other cousin, East Point police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers, down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta. That even after becoming police, had to dress in a YMCA because white officers didn't want to get dressed with niggers. Killer my always gonna bring some history. <laughs> he, he do give me Atlanta history. That I like that. Yeah, he always, he always gonna bring some history. Now I ain't gonna lie, I've never checked it, but you know, it sound real. I mean, it sound like the story we had on the podcast. So, you know, yeah, like, yeah, it sound like right. I believe that shit. Is he, is he but Killer Mike decided to get away with some shit. Like he decided to get away with some like fake. Uh, not saying that he ever said some fake stuff, but like 
Like, he say it's so good, I'm not going to fact check them. <laughs> I'm like, it could have been six police officers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, that eight sounded really good. It sounds good. So, uh, but yeah, I do hear him crying, but I think he crying because, I mean, I think it's, it's it, I cried a little bit in the sense of not like no tears, but like just thinking about that shit. Like, I just angry because I just see... My frustration was Those are frustrated tears. Yeah. Okay. I think they're frustrated tears because I'm frustrated because it's like and then and then I'm frustrated because like people only get mad when they see it on the big TV, but it's so much stuff that happened. It ain't on the big TV. So I'm like, just stay mad. Yeah. That's what I want. That's why I'd be frustrated. But let's keep going because I don't wanna spend too much time on this. I got something else to say. And here we are eighty years later. I watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment. Because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles, who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. So I'm duty-bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. And here's my issue with Killer Mike. Killer Mike, let let me give him what they call a sandwich, a critique sandwich. Okay? Mm -hmm. Top layer is the compliment. Very articulate, brother. Um, You you hear his passion. You know what I'm saying? And you know he he knows his history. Like I just said, it it sounds so good. He always going to teach you something. I love it. He's, He's like Fred Hampton of rappers. The way Fred Hampton used to electrify the crowd with his speaking, that's who Killer Mike is. He's the Fred Hampton of rappers. He gets you super excited. The meat, which is the critique. Killer Mike, in my opinion, knows too much, has too big of a platform for his speeches to be so redundant. And what I mean by that, he just said, Plot, plan, strategize, mobilize. Killer Mike knows he's been knowing this. So what does that look like in action? You know what I mean? So like one of the biggest fallouts I had with Killer Mike was when he was doing the bank black movement, he was telling people bank black. And I was like, yo, this is sighted. This is when we had Spendify. We in the height of Spendify, and we like, yo, we'll love to partner with you. We'll put your face on the campaign, but we want to do a nationwide campaign 
keep this alive because what what the difference between celebrities now and celebrities back then celebrities back then back in the day they wanted to serve if you listen and you pull up muhammad ali uh interviews he is serving the nation of islam Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like he's a servant he He's only speaking because they put him on the platform to speak, but his speaking is always going back to the organization in which his power came from. You very rarely, if ever, ever heard Killer Mike talk about an organization that he's a part of that you should join. Now, he's referenced, like he referenced SCLC, which his auntie was a part of. So if your auntie was a part of, partner with SCLC. Bring life into their membership. Activate a new program. Do something that is going to build an institution pro- programming and an institution that can live on past you talking about it. Because Killer Mike saying this today, but tomorrow he's going to be Killer Mike. He's a rapper. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's a rapper. He owns a barbershop, love to smoke weed, like, and bang black. You know what I'm saying? But it's a lot of stuff you get to before you get to the bank black and all of that stuff or, you know, voting. My thing is empower organize. This is what I want. I want Killer Mike to empower a black organization and run behind a black organization the way he did Bernie Sanders. Like, and, and I'm a Bernie fan. Let me say that. I'm a Bernie fan. I was very disappointed when he dropped out. But if Killer Mike would get behind an organization, help them fundraise the way he helped Bernie fundraise, Went on tour, traveled the way he traveled with Bernie, like did everything he did with Bernie for a black institution. You would see more change. But I'm just I'm gonna be real with y'all. The Killer Mike Ti trick is old. It's to me the Killer Mike and Ti trip is like your little nephew. They be like, oh, look what I can do, <laughs> and you be like, well, yeah, but that good right there. The first and, time. and then. He do it five more times. Now sit your ass down now, bro. Like you need to go. You need with to that, go with that same smile. <laughs> sit your ass down. Like you need to go learn a new trick. Because <laughs> I'ma just be real, the kid, bro. This foe ain't listening to ti or Killer Mike. They not. They not. And the thing, here's the thing. So, Cause my mentor came, Derek came. Truth be told, they not listening to Derek because they don't know who Derek is. Yeah. But I've never seen Derek go into a school, high school, elementary school, where he didn't capture their attention with his story, with his truth, with his passion. If he had the same platform, because Derek's platform is one thing and one thing only, community. That's it. That's it. So if Derek had the same platform as Tip, Killer Mike, and all them, you might have a different level of influence. But one thing about it, Derek crowd. They move when he move. They mobilize. They mobilize. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they strategize and they plot and all of that. So, so I mean, you know, Derek is how I met you, bro. You know, listening to the, you know what I'm saying? Listening right. to the show. My uncle like, yeah, listen to this nigga. So what I'm saying is I love Killer Mike, but I need, now I need you. Now I want everybody to watch Killer Mike now. He just told you now the time to plot, plan, Strategize, mobilize. Okay. What does that look like? You have to connect to an organization. 
Whether you were Dr. King, SCLC, Malcolm X, the Nation of Islam, Fannie Lou Hamer, NAACP, like you name any party that has done anything great, they were connected to an organization or a network. Harriet Tubman, the Underground Railroad, like you name it, nobody has done it as an individual. And celebrities now, they start moments, not movements. That's what celebrities do now. Celebrities, they want to be leaders, not servants. You know what I mean? They want to be the one that run. It's it's almost like when T.I. and um, what's the real estate dude? Jay Morrison went out there for the Houston situation. Yeah. Man, fuck Houston's. Yeah. Like, my thing is, like, if you want to eat there, eat there. If you don't, you don't. But my thing is, I'm tired of people going into a fucking snake den and then complaining about getting stuck a bit. All I'm saying is, I'm like, I'm very annoyed with celebrities. So these celebrities, they've been going in. So another one, let's see. Oh yeah, another one. Now this motherfucker right here, Keith sent me this one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> This is, uh, uh, who is she? Uh, this Shekana. Shekana. T.I.'s wife. I guess best friend. Yeah. I don't know they're still cool, but that was her platform. Is this the girl that was on the bike? They, they fell yeah. off the bike together? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely. Turn her. my phone up. Like, yeah. Here you go, Shekana, right here. This is what she got to say. Now she crying. Now Floyd just got killed and died. Let y'all see her work to me. I'd be wrong if I ain't come on here and tell you better. If I ain't come on here and say, look, it's 2,000 people on here. You feel me? It's a 2,000 people heard me. Y'all got to stop. Y'all got to find out what love really is. You know what I'm saying? It- I ain't going to lie. When I first heard her, like, I don't know, man, she passionate about this shit. But, like, this like that auntie, but that hood-ass auntie. Like, I'm thinking some good shit about to come. Man, somebody gonna... be fighting outside. Like, y'all, yeah. Listen. Y'all need to find love. <laughs> like, I'm thinking some good shit about to come out of this. What really going on with y'all? Because y'all ain't down here fucking up the city of Atlanta based upon somebody losing their life. Y'all angry. Y'all mad. Y'all, y'all selfish. Y'all tearing up people's business. Icebox Indians. They not even white people. Icebox ain't did y'all shit. Y'all done been in the folks store taking that shit. Them people got a family. They- how many folks think? How many think people got some new grills right now? <laughs> Ice Boss already came out and said they took all the display watches. All the real shit was in the vault that they couldn't get in. So <laughs> they ain't lose shit. Like the dude said he ain't lose shit. Shit not right. Gucci ain't did shit to y'all. Hey, look, I thought I thought she was talking about LaFleur. <laughs> I thought, I thought she was talking about Guwap, bro. I'm like, bro, what did we do to Guwap, dog? Like, what happened? <laughs> y'all can say whatever y'all want to say. They racist, whatever. I don't want to hear that shit. They did shit to y'all. See, they did nothing to you. Linus Maul didn't do nothing to you. Bro, now I don't scavenge her page. She didn't go this hard. When George was killed, a mob was killed. Like I'm talking about, I'm thinking Lennox is like a woman. They don't beat up on. <laughs> they don't beat up little Lennox. Uh, <laughs> they don't jump on Goo out. Gucci didn't do nothing. <laughs> the police in Atlanta ain't did shit to you either. 
They did shit to you. They did it to you though. They don't deserve it. I always remember this. Do unto others as you want to be treated. Hey, bro. I ain't gonna lie. I love me an old nun reading Bible, quoting Bible scripture. I always remember. <laughs> Do unto others as you want to be treated by niggas. <laughs> that man had a nerve to say Atlanta police ain't did nothing to you. Like, she had a nerve to say Atlanta police ain't did nothing to you. Are you serious? No. Do unto others as you want to be treated. Figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you know your mama doing your homework and y'all day she did it wrong and then she get mad at you. She be like, figure it out. <laughs> hey, that shit was funny. Talking about y'all going on the motherfucking riot, man. Y'all fuck crazy hell, baby. You can say fuck them out. I don't give a fuck. You gotta deal with it. Let me go live with you. Oh, you gotta go live with him, y'all. So, my thing is, I'm I'm just irritated because I feel like there's so many people that are just talking ill-informed perspectives. Like, um, your boy Isaac Hayes said, "I pull this one up." He uh, let me read it. Isaac Hayes. He came out on his social media. He said, Atlantans don't start fires unless a crackhead accidentally burns down the freeway. Whoa. Now, you Damn. already know. Damn. That wasn't even. They so, already proved it. That is, that's not what happened. So, so I go on my page. Oh, man. So, he, uh, so you already know. Come, um, come on, Isaac. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed now because. So this is what I wrote in response to him. Let me see if this will even pull up. So I said, his name is Basil Ellaby. That's first of all, that's his name. He ain't a crackhead. And, and I, I'm going to just paraphrase. So pretty much I was telling him, I was like, I'm going to be real with you, bro. Like what's happening in Atlanta right now. I understand is being started by white agent provocateurs. I definitely understand that. That's the first thing. But the comment you just made is why this motherfucker should burn down. It's because people like him are so fucking blind to what's really happening. Basil Ellaby was arrested for burning down a bridge with two other white people. Now, you ain't never heard. It was a white man, a white woman, and Basil. Somehow, they no longer... Was charged Somehow they got away Somehow their stories lined up And it's all on Basil So a black city blamed a black man For burning down this bridge Once it came out Thank God for the Davis Bozeman Law Firm Shout out to them Shout out Represented Men with, along with the other team of attorneys uh, Pro bono Got him off went, He went through a rehab program Basil has been drug free For three years now Own apartment Doing this thing So it's like For you to even say that It just shows how blind you are bro Exactly Like That was one of the most Embarrassing moments for Atlanta When Atlanta tried to take a black man And crucify him How the fuck a crackhead gonna burn down a whole bridge A whole goddamn bridge That shit was a fucking hole in the highway He had some dynamite He's smoking dynamite (laughs) (laughs) Dynamite 
<laughs> so, you remember those cartoons where them niggas had the sticks in their mouth, man? It's bruh, so, so it's like, it's a lot of ill-informed information that's flying around by these celebrities. And, um, Derek said it best. When the, when the village elders don't stand up or speak up, the village idiots will. And what's happening. Say that one more time. When the village elders do not stand up and speak up, the village idiots will. And there's so many people reaching out because they're hurting, they're frustrated, they want to be a part, they want to see change. That's the thing. And, and then I, I love when I hear people say, "Boy, if I was if I lived back then, I would have been fucked king. I would have been on the violent side, or I would have been in the uh, in the path. You know how I can tell what side you would be on back then." Based off which side you on now. Mm. If you ain't organizing right, nigga, we got live lynchings now. Real talk. Shit, you a killer. Start with George Zimmerman. Anybody that's saying they would have been on the killing side and George Zimmerman is still alive, I don't believe you. Can't. I don't believe you. So my thing is, how you organize now is how you would have organized then. If you can't participate in any type of social justice protest boycotts now, you definitely riding the bus back then. So if you ain't coming and standing in the face, speaking truth to power now, you definitely wasn't sitting on the freedom counter uh, at the uh, lunch uh, counters then. So let me speak to this Um, to the whole it ain't all cop situation. I'm going to be real with y'all. I don't believe there are such things as good cops. <laughs> I believe that there are good people who purposely took a bad job. The whole judicial system is fucked up. Mm. Nothing about being a cop is programmed to help us as black people because you have this code. You can't break like you can't say, Oh, all cops ain't bad. Just a few. It's just a few bad ones. And some of them good. In that case, Y'all would have been jumped on that motherfucker. So I'm going to put it like, no, nah, I got I to gotta say this because if the judicial system gets to judge me by the company I keep, I have to judge them by the company they keep. If I was to be hanging right now with drug dealers all day, every day, whether I sold drugs or not, when them drug dealers get caught and I'm with them, they locking my ass up unless I cooperate and join their side. So you hang with bad cops all day. These bad cops get caught doing something. Unless you're joining our side and cooperating with us, you with them. It's the same thing. So at the end of the day, bro, like I don't believe in good cops. I believe there are good people that took a bad job. The system is fucked up. What about the people who are cops? And you probably seen this on your timeline that are saying that they're with you. But the last statement is, but y'all need to stay home because, you know, if y'all don't, if y'all break the law, it is what it is. So this is what I want to, this is what I want to say. When people say stay home, I'm actually one of the people that can say for Atlanta people, I'm like, take your ass at home because right now you're not, this is not a revolutionary narrative because these again, these are white boys taking advantage of this moment. I seen a video of a fucking Batman costume coming to a rally. I seen one with some witches. If I would have seen that shit at that moment, I would have beat the shit out that white boy. 
you making a mockery of our pain. Like, and if you black and you go to a rally and you see somebody violating like that, check they ass too. Don't let them motherfuckers come to our rally when we trying to uh, show respect and get justice for our brother and they think this shit a game. This ain't fucking Comic Con. Bro, I see witches out there. Like, I this see... is, mother, because it's a game to them. Yeah. So I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real. I, I don't want. There's any... racists out there too. Like, David on CNN holding up their signs walking by amongst the fray. And this is what I'm saying. They think this shit is a game. So what I'm telling people, stay, yeah, stay at home, right? But if you are going to do something revolutionary, do it because you want to do it. Not because some white boy threw a firecracker at the police and ducked his head. Do it because you trying to do something revolutionary. Right now, this ain't your narrative. So I'm not telling people to stay at home because I, I care about buildings. I care about, fuck out. I, I don't give a fuck about none of that because you got to come into it. Killer Mike said in his speech, we didn't play it, but he was like, CNN, I'm sorry your building happened, but payback is a mother. I feel the same thing about Atlanta. Payback is a mother. Yes. Whether they doing it for the right reasons or the right case, payback is a mother. You're not perfect. So that's my thing on that. Like, uh, So everybody talking about, oh, it ain't all cops. Fuck that. It's all cops. It just is. You You can't name no situation other than being a cop where you're not judged by the company you keep. You're right, bro. You can't name one. So if I hang around killers all day and they killing, shit, I'm just riding with them. I ain't killing nobody. And the crazy thing is all the power is in the system. The cops don't even have power like that. That's why I say, bro, you signed up for a bad job. It just is what it is. You signed up for a job in a system that's designed to oppress black people. And if, and here's... Here's the frustrating thing. People don't want to go there mentally because when you go there mentally, you have to then accept the true reality that this country is at war with us. And when you take the reality that America is at war with black people, you then look at the resources that America has versus the resources that black people had. And now there's a whole other level of anxiety and fear that could kick in. Ominous. Weapons is what Trump tweeted that they have at the White House. If y'all would have broke through them barriers, and and this and this this the reality of the situation that that is reality. You at war in America, right? So that's why you have people that are they spend their life fighting. They spend their life fighting. So um, here's where we at. I'm frustrated just like y'all. I'm mad just like y'all. And there's a lot of people calling asking how can they get involved and in the front line or how can they join the movement? How can they make a difference? So I just want to give y'all my personal formula of how I got involved. Uh, I guess you can consider this a just Eldridge episode. So we, uh, we're going to break it down. So this, this is what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to share this out. I want you to listen to these points and I want you to apply them and you're going to see the difference. So um, we're going to break down the word movement. <laughs> so the M in movement, if you want to get involved, step one, the M in movement stands for make a decision to join the fight and who you're going to fight for. So Coretta Scott King has a quote. It said, struggle is a never ending process. Freedom is never really won. 
You earn it and you win it in every generation. When I read that quote, I got almost depressed because according to her definition, our kids' kids are going to have to continue fighting. Our grandparents' parents' fault. Our grandparents' fault. Our parents' fault. We fighting. Our kids going to fight. Their kids and their kids are going to continue to fight because freedom is something that we're going to have to earn in every generation because there is always a fight. So one, you got to make your decision right now. You got to ask yourself, am I going to continue being a spectator on the sideline, living my life like everything goes okay, acting like that America not coming with us, pretending that these are isolated events? Oh, it happens only in New York. Oh, it only happens in Texas. Oh, it only happens in Florida. Oh, Atlanta, we're good. Trayvon Martin wasn't me. Tamir Rice wasn't me. Eric Gardner wasn't me. Like, are we going to continue to wait? On the sideline, or are we gonna join the fight? So you gotta make your decision. Once you make your decision, this is what begins to happen. The O, step two. The O in movement stands for organize yourself and join an organization. There are plenty of organizations to join here in the city of Atlanta. There's organizations nationwide, but there are people right now that they commit their life to only fighting on the behalf of black people and our liberation. So, you can't say you real about this unless you join. That's why I say I love Killer Mike. But when you know stuff like we need to plot, plan, organize, and strategize, I need you to be promoting what organization you're doing that with. So what organization are you going to be a part of? The V, step three. The V in movement stands for value black life over all else. Fuck them buildings. Fuck them businesses. Fuck them cars. Fuck everything else. Right now, the most important thing is that there was a black life taken from us. And until that is addressed, there's going to be more black lives taken from us. And every time you mention a fucking business that has insurance that can get everything back, every time you mention a fucking car that can be replaced, you are devaluing that black life that we can never get back. That's number three. Number four, the E in movement stands for educate yourself on the struggles of your ancestors. Step four. The EM movement stands for educate yourself on the struggles of your ancestors. There's new, un, there's nothing new under the sun. We have fought this battle before. We're going to fight this battle tomorrow. The answers are embedded in the struggles of our ancestors. If is it a like prime example? So everybody's talking about make sure I turned up. Everybody's talking about um the riots, right? Like this is the first time it ever happened before. This right here is Fannie Lou Hamer. Let's see what she has to say about riots. Well of saying now, give us a chance to be young men respected as a man. As we know, this country was built on the black backs of black people across this country. And if we don't have it, you ain't going to have it either because we going to tear it up. That's what they're saying. And people ought to understand that. I, I don't see why they don't understand that. They know what they've done to us all across this country. They know what they've done to us. This country is desperately sick. And man is on the critical list. 
I really don't know where we go from here. Those are the words of Fannie Lou Hamer, also known for being sick and tired of being sick and tired. So if you want to really join this movement, you got to begin to educate yourself on your ancestors and their struggles because they have already been through what we've been through. They had great solutions, great answers that can be applied right now. Step five, the M second M in movement stands for militarize your communities. Um, I truly believe if black people equip themselves to protect themselves, a lot of this stuff will be changed. Not just buying a gun, but educating yourself on how to use that gun, defend yourself, not just guns, educating yourself on defense, period. As a community, it should be like, because there's a meme and my boy, Mark, I seen him share. It said, you know, if you see the police killing me, help me. Don't pull out your camera. Help me. But you know, the reason why that's not going to happen, unfortunately, our communities are not militarized. If we were equipped, if we had the education on, if we had guns, education on how to use guns, if we actually begin, it's almost like we need a fire drill plan for police brutality. You know, <laughs> you laughing, but that, but yeah, I know what you mean by like, that. Because like, we used to go through fire to, drills at school. I like, know how to stop dropping roll, my nigga. Uh, like, like if, if a fire break out, if I hit fire right now, I'm on the ground, I'm rolling, despite all this other shit. Like we, 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 we went through fire drills at school, like where we had to go outside the hallways and trains for that. So because we understand the likelihood of fire, so we understand that. We likelihood of it, so we have a plan. We equip ourselves with fire extinguishers. We put everything in place to protect us from a fire. We also know the likelihood of police brutality. Where's our fucking plan? So as a community, we got to begin to militarize ourselves and have a plan. If this uh, does happen and we chilling on the block and we see a police officer coming around harassing our brothers and sister, how do we address it as a community? So, um, one of the biggest things that was a big deal for me, um, attorney Maui Davis, my big brother, he posted that he joined the African American gun club, uh, NAGA. So I'm um, putting it in the notes. I suggest you do the same. Uh, right now, every black person, I think joining NAGA is just as important as joining that fucking democratic party. Y'all believe in so much. Yeah. I'm a member of NAGA. Like pay your membership fee. I think it's $29 a year. It's less than that. It's, yeah. Whatever, yeah, it's, it's, whatever it's, it's super, is, super affordable for the first review. We'll pay for your membership. Yeah. First review, you get a membership to Naga. It got to be a real review on Apple. Because <laughs> I need it. Uh, so I think we got to militarize ourselves. That's how you join this movement. I believe. Step number six. The E. In movement, the second E stands for empower your children. And this is what I mean by empower your children. We got to begin to educate them now that they are entering and born into a war. I'm going to be real. My parents, I love them, but 
I was not equipped and I was not aware that I was born into a war. And now that I look back at a young age, especially somebody that grew up in white neighborhoods, I can see where I faced racism, white supremacy in my childhood, but I was not equipped with the the language to put on it. I didn't know what it was. I just thought that's how things were. But if I would have been equipped with it, I would have addressed it different. So we got to begin to empower our children. And the number one way to do that is to teach our children and quit allowing our oppressors to teach them. The, you know, one of the, my favorite things I'm loving about COVID-19, it is fucking up this education system that was already fucked up. And now it's going to force a lot of people to try the alternative teachings that we should have been trying in the first place. So I think you're about to start seeing a lot of independent schools. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of black people organizing together to teach their children. Because if you read the CDC guidelines of what they want your kids to go back to, your kid's going to prison. Right. I talked to my daughter about that. I said, you know, uh, when you go back to school, you might have to wear a mask all day. She said, what? I said, yeah. And, um, you know, no recess, one teacher, sack lunch. Like, and she's just looking at me like, uh, uh-uh. uh, cause she's like, I know kids is not even going to do that. Yeah. Like she know kids is not even going to listen. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, I want y'all to look at the CDC guidelines for school. I've not met a teacher yet that thinks that shit is a good idea. So you had a motherfucker that has never been in a classroom, that has never taught, that probably barely got out of school, telling you how you need to run your schools. That shit look horrible. So I'm excited about us having to do our own thing. I ain't, I'm not even going to lie. I'm happy about that. So, again, the E stands for empower our children. That's going to be very important. Step number seven, the N in movement stands for narrate your own story. One of the greatest beams I've seen, my Rev, he said, I want y'all to report the news right. These are not riots. They are uprisings. These are not riots. They're uprisings. So if we don't tell our own story, this is why podcasts like the Just Elder podcast. Um, this is why blogs, platforms like We Buy Black or everything they're doing over there. Like these are so important that we tell our own story because if we don't tell our own story, they're going to tell it for us. And I promise you, we never win. When they tell the story, we never win. Uh, Malcolm X said the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. Uh, that's power because they control the minds of the masses. Look at the media right now. What's happening at one time. Everything we talked about was COVID-19 folk was scared to go outside. Now, everything we talking about is well, first one. It was a mod Aubrey. Then we talked about George Floyd and now watch it for a long time. We're going to be talking about riots, looting. And what we're doing wrong, how we need to stay home. And racial tension. Let me, let me tell y'all something. This has already happened before. And this is why forever I rock with Cap because I remember how I was introduced to Kaepernick. Last time, when Kaepernick first started his protest, what they're doing right now is what I call controlling the noise. So we are uprising. We raising our voices. We protesting. We're out. We turn the noise up on them. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. The noise is high. But every time, 
every time something that they get that can say was wrong, they'll try to turn it down. So when they say, oh, they're looting, this is, uh, this is dangerous. They're attacking police officers. That's them turning down the noise. Last time we seen this was in, in Texas when we were doing all these protests, we we're doing all these rallies and the police officer got killed. And then immediately all the noise got turned down. Everybody was like, oh, y'all, we need to chill out. Black Lives Matter getting too radical. And out of nowhere, Colin Kaepernick used his platform to start taking a knee. And he started beautifully articulating why we're uh, protesting, why we need to, uh, why he's not uh, standing up for the national anthem. So Colin Kaepernick turned that noise back up. So. That's why I rock with Colin Kaepernick because I remember that. I remember, I remember people were literally like Xavier. He was organizing with me. Xavier Best. His mama told him he need to stop. Yeah. His mama told him we need to stop organizing. I, I'll never forget that because it was getting everything was cool. You know. Yeah, I understand the young man was killed, but you know that's how it is. You kill a cop. <laughs> Oh God! It's like, oh, what's wrong? Oh, oh, y'all, oh! Like when the cops, the cops beating up everybody out there. Y'all see one cop get beat up on on TV? Everybody going crazy. I mean, like they don't sign up for that shit. That's their job. So the training is. This is all I'm saying. So my thing is. At this time, we have to narrate our own story. So I want y'all to really begin to empower. Independent black platforms that are giving you real information. Share that shit out. Tell motherfuckers to follow that shit. I ain't saying I'm the greatest platform in the game, but I'm telling you, I'm going to give you everything I know the best I know how to do it. And if I don't know the information, I'm going to bring somebody that do that do does. Like I done brought some real motherfuckers on this podcast, giving y'all real information. So I need y'all to represent this shit and fuck with it. So what happens, what happens when these smaller organizations with these very powerful voices get the same platform because of the way technology works? You can do the same numbers as CNN now. Oh, for sure. You can do the same numbers as Fox. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to those at CNN and Fox that's doing their thing for us. There are some people working in the system and they making sure our ter- stories are told. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But we need to narrate our own story. Last step, step number eight. The T in movement stands for take back what's ours. I want us to take back our pride and our dignity by beginning to embrace our culture. Completely. Embrace our culture completely. I want us to begin to take back our money by supporting our businesses I don't care. It's a hundred excuses people can give about why they don't support black businesses or why they don't do that. But we got to begin to take all of that back. If you want to join this movement, I, I try not to get white folk nothing but a headache. I'm going to be real. Uh, I ain't saying all my money uh goes strictly to black businesses, but I'm saying if you did an audit of my bank statements, you would be impressed. <laughs> you would be, you would be really impressed. <laughs> Uh, I want you to uh, Another thing I want you to take back our communities 
how we can take those communities back. That happens on a couple of levels. One, move back into that's the first thing. Second, with your vote by voting in political champions and advocates, political champions and advocates, these people that are unapologetically for our black progression. Period. They're not scared about it. This is why I'm here. I'm here because in my community, in my district, people, these people are struggling and I'm here to help them. And we need to get with people that's going to do that. And if people ain't trying to do that, I ain't trying to rock with them. So again, top eight steps for all the people out there that's saying, Elders, how can I get involved? What do I need to do right now? So everybody that's angry, this is what I'm telling you. If you're angry right now, this should be your steps. Number one, I want you to make the decision to join the fight and decide what side you're on. That's one. Number two, I want you to organize yourself and join an organization. Number three, I want you to value black life over all things else, over everything else. Number four, I want you to educate yourself on the struggle of your ancestors. Number five, I want you to militarize your communities. Number six, I want you to empower your children. And number seven, I want you to narrate your own story. Lastly, number eight, I want you to take back what is ours. So y'all, at the end of the day, we have so much work to do. And probably my, my favorite step, like cause when I was uh, planning for this podcast, I just really began to kind of go through my books. Um, really to uh, educate yourself on your uh, ancestor struggles. If you ain't really big on reading, one, start reading. But if you're not, we got the privilege of having so much knowledge just on YouTube available to ourselves. Like, um, the reason I love Derek's story, cause he just has some great mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, Khalid Muhammad was one of Derek's mentors. So I was just pulling up, like, what did he have to say about police brutality? Like, well, you got to, st- I'm here to tell you that the only way you're gonna stop police brutality is you got to stand up and be brutal with this damn beast. You got to step to this cracker or it will never stop. You can moan, you can groan, you can sing, you can pray. You can recite, you can claim you know all the Quran, Old Testament. I mean, uh, all the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, the Quran from Al-Fatiha to Al-Nas. You can know all the Medunete. You can know Maya, truth, justice, righteousness, harmony, balance, order, reciprocity. You can name those of the Netter system. You can go and study the Odu text and substantiate your position according to Odu. You can study the Ifa, the word, or the icon, or the Yoruba, and run through the pantheon of the Orisha. You can call on Oludumare. You can call on Ilegba, and Shango, and Obatula, and Oshun, and Ogun, and Yemonya. You can know all of that. Unless you're willing to stand up and step to this white man, we will never get out of this condition. So, I definitely, definitely hear some of that Derek in there. <laughs> bro, come on, man. Hear me, Ray. Like, but look, they grew up in a time where he would just pull up on the AUC and begin to lecture. That ain't, we ain't going, going to lectures back in the day with like going to the, 
Like that was the thing. You know, who doing lectures right now for real, for real? Like, I mean, again, outside of TED Talks. Like, and again, there are lectures in, I see it in my community, but I'm actively seeking for it. You know what I mean? And what I'm telling us, we got to get hungry for this. We got to get hungry and change. So if you really want to be on this movement, it's, it's not, the movement is not convenient. You're not going to be able to do work. Oh, on my off day. You're not going to be able to, you know, when you feel like it, there's times I don't feel like doing this stuff. Like the reason why Fannie Lou Hamer said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired because she's really working. She's in an organization and she's doing work. And what happens is when you turn around, you go down to fucking Bronzewood, drive four hours, do a caravan, do a rally, rally the people up, helping the family, going in with organizations, drive all the way back to Atlanta just to find out that black boys are getting arrested because they're selling fucking water. It's tiring. At every turn, there's something to fucking do. But the African proverb said it best. Many hands make light work. Together the ants ate the elephant. It might not have been so tired if everybody would have helped Fannie Lou Hammer back then. Mm. It might not be so hard now if everybody get involved. So my thing to everybody that's listening to this podcast, now is the time to make your decision. You either with us or you not. Period. You either for us or you against us. You are either an ally, a comrade, or an enemy. The line is very clear in the sand. I don't give a fuck about your race. I don't give a fuck about your class. I don't give a fuck about your gender, sexual orientation. I don't give a fuck about any of that. Either you for us or you not. It's very clear. And if you're going to get involved, start getting involved and doing the work and be bold about it. I'm going to say this, man. I really, and it sounds like I'm angry because I'm, I am, I'm frustrated because I I really feel like it's very clear. Like, I don't understand when people confuse what we're trying to do when we're just saying, give a damn about black people. I, I, it's frustrating when you're trying to convince somebody to like, like black lives matter. That is a real statement. Our lives matter in, Every aspect, not just after we dead, like it matters in our policy. It matters in our neighborhoods, how we live. It matters in our education that we receive. All of that matters. And it's frustrating because you just see people either don't give a damn on purpose. or you just see people don't give a damn because it ain't them and it doesn't affect them. So. My my challenge and my encouragement for everybody that's listening to this podcast, man, get involved, man. Join the movement now because I want y'all to know we are the ancestors of tomorrow. Every day we are writing the pages of history. And when we go back, I want you to be able to tell your grandkids in this moment when the police, they might not put dogs out on you, but when the police were on our necks, the police were killing us, shooting us dead. When the president was directing the military to kill us for rising up, I want you to be able to tell your children's children that you did something about that shit. That you stood up and you was a part of it. That you weren't fucking scared. That you weren't in denial because it doesn't affect you because you're rich and the cops in your neighborhood don't fuck with you. 
I want y'all to say that y'all was a part of this movie and you did something. That being said, man, I'm going to wrap this up. I'll see y'all next week. As always, I love y'all. I need y'all. But most importantly, I can't wait to see y'all next week. We out. Guys, to be okay tonight and to stop this chaos. It ain't me. It's not me. I'm going to let y'all know that now. It's not us guys, neither. And I'm glad that y'all said that. It's not us. It's the police. This the madness that they spark up. This is what they encourage. This is what they provoke. This is what you get out of you taking some a loved one from someone. This is what you get. You get a lot of people that's hurt, and they can't fit the right way. They can't no longer depend on the police to be here to protect us like they say they're going to do. So this is what you get. And no, it's not going to end today. I can't tell you it's going to end tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to end. But it's for y'all to start. We're not the ones that's killing us. Y'all killing us. We can't make a change if y'all don't change.